0: ahead and have your seat. Listen, God is about to visit us in a mighty way. I think, yep, I know every person on this panel and I know that they're an example. I don't know how many of you were like rocked after Sunday sermon. who who can who heard it? first of all, If you haven't heard it, listen, I'm gonna give you a gift on Valentine's Day. Go watch Sunday Sermon pastor spoke about being in orbit with the right people and we've heard testimony after testimony after testimony of people breaking up there's there was an engagement that was broken up after the the, the (laughs) sermon in Cleveland um there were people that they were like we can't be in business together there for me it was just like I think I'm good for the first time in my life I'm in orbit with all the right people there's no dudes that are around that I should be like you know clacking out so I praise the Lord, and if you didn't hear that sermon, I promise you, you want to go and hear it. But as we start the conversation, and, we, and we've all heard Pastor's sermon on Sunday, speaking about being in right connection, we understand that that oftentimes, you know, makes you have to work at it a little bit, right? We do know that, right? So I'm going to ask, first of all, who are single people up here? Whoop. All the single people, whoop. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question, and make sure that your microphones are turned on so we can actually get to hear you. So, to all of my singles, what three relationships in your life bring you the most joy right now? Who do you love talking to and spending time with? The three people, the three relationships that bring you the most joy right now. Well, I'm fortunate that I
1: have two of some of my closest friends right here. So, Ali and Tori Um, and also my sister. I I definitely have a lot of rich friends around and community. Um, My sister is probably my strongest like familial relationship and I love that she just had a baby. So I get to like walk through this season of transition with her and yeah, life-giving friendships. Is
0: that who you love talking and spending time with the most? Those three people? Yes, those three people. Awesome. And so many others (laughs) but the top three. (laughs) Oh, that's hard. But the very, very top three, I
2: would say, is my mama. I love her so much. She's probably going to be watching this. um, So I get mom points. Yay. I love you, mommy. Um, My next is my best friend, Janelle. She and her children um, are my godson and daughter. So I love being with them and spending time with them. My friends over here, y'all are amazing. So can I put all of them in that last Three. Yep, that's okay. All
0: right, there you go. There you have it.
3: Mr. Barbosa? Um, I'm going to try to group them. Um, can I group three?
0: Listen, In, I feel multiple? like you're going to do it regardless. ahead,
3: baby. Uh, I, think the re- <laughs> I think the relationships right now that uh, I have the most joy are my four best friends. I'm going to group them. Um, I'm going to shout them out. Jackson, Will, Coleman, and Brody. Shout out to you guys. Um, I think Pastor Mike and Pastor Nicole. I've been, have been such a relationship that I'm, that have bring me so much joy. And then my parents, who are going to watch this later, I think they've brought me a lot of joy in this season transitioning from a high school student to a college student. So those are the three relationships, and all of them I could talk to them for hours, so, and spending time with them is amazing.
0: That's awesome. Uh, because, you know, regardless of what relationship status we have, all of us long to be needed. All of us long to have a relationship, um, to be acknowledged. So it's good to know that regardless of your relationship status, you have those connections in your life, right? Um, and we praise God for that. So now I'm going to talk to the engaged couple. Where you at? Woop whoop. whoop. <laughs> and my question is, in your relationship with each other, how did you know that you were flipping the script from friends to more than friends?
4: I'll start because mine's going to be quick. I I was like, I never really wanted to be friends in the first place anyway. So I was kind of just all in, letting yeah. her. Yeah, I was all in from the get-go and letting her dictate kind of how the pace went. So,
5: um, So I would have to say. In the beginning, I really thought Carter was super cute and super handsome. I still do. (laughs) Um, But it wasn't until, well, to, to rewind, we were friends in the beginning. I thought he was super handsome, super cute, but I had some walls up. And it wasn't until we went to go see a friend minister, and it was a couple of us that went, that I was like, okay. I'm going to kind of let my walls down. We kind of flirted a little bit, but I don't know. I just knew that Carter, he had a really great heart, came from a really great family, and his pursuit after the Lord was something that I had always admired. And so from there, I let my walls down. And after that, I had no doubt whatsoever that he was an amazing individual, but also what he said he meant. And um, from there... I mean, it wasn't soon after that, I recognized this is the man of my
0: dreams, so. So you guys kind of, it sounds like you guys admired each other first and then that kind of made a way for the relationship to flourish.
4: Yes, I would agree with that statement. That's
0: awesome, that's awesome, thank you so much. Now of my married couples. We have one, two, three, four. Listen, cause you know, in RTTN we, we all get married, not all of us, but for the most part, okay. So our culture pushes us to get married, but also says that a lot of good things end when you get married. What have you done to keep your connection strong with one another? We're going to start with you, Pastor Lee and Marsha.
6: Hey, okay. How long have you been
0: married, first of all?
6: So Marsha and I haven't been married all that long, 53 years is all. (laughs) (laughs) So it's an interesting question. Because I don't feel like I had to give up anything, to be honest about it. I gained everything. And what I want to do is just share real quickly. For me, I was not raised in church. I knew nothing about the Bible. I knew nothing about the Lord. Marcia was different, but we met in high school. I can never will forget. I was in college. Uh, You'll have to forgive me, but at the time, I was sitting here drinking a beer, watching TV. And Billy Graham comes on TV. And I had never heard the message. All I had ever heard my whole life is I need to go to church. And that's all I knew about God was I need to go to church. I listened to Billy Graham. I said, oh my gosh. You know, Marcia and I were dating. But then when I got born again, things changed. So what has pulled us together is the Lord himself. That is the strongest bond. We do all the things. We're only 73. So obviously we still date every week, of course, you know. But... What happened to me is Marsha and I got in a Bible study together. It lasted for 10 years. And we actually grew together at the same pace in the Lord. So it was the intervention of the Lord himself that has pulled us together all these 53 years. And so we are still, we're still equal. I mean, in the Lord, we're still equal. God has put the same thing in both of us at the same time. Amen.
0: And Pastor Lee, a lot of what you were saying, uh, God pulled us together, it takes the verbiage of what Pastor was saying on Sunday.
6: Exactly. So if I
0: heard correctly, you said the Lord pulled you together, you did Bible study very consistently for 10 years. years. So not just one hour before, no, 10 years, right? And then you continue to date, right? Amen. Any other uh, things that you think have, have really helped to foster that relationship, that connection?
6: Well, of course, the connection is, is huge with the Lord. But then, of course, over the years, you know, you study and you read and, and you want to support one another. And, and you know, like our, our, the, the gifts that, that, that touch us are different. Yeah. And so we recognize that, you know. And, and so we've just learned, to, you, know, you know, our commitment in a marriage, God ordained, mm. and you can't take it away. Wow. He can't take me away from salvation. Nothing can, right. and nothing can take me away from our... So if we're going to be happy, we need to do stuff together, and we do all the time. We love Hilton Head. Y'all, ever, anybody ever seen the pictures of us? Every and... year. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every four months. Every four months. You know? <laughs> so, so But we will talk about things when, when... I mean, we can tell when each other's down or whatever, and we don't like that, wow. you know, because we are a team... We're, you know, as, as, as care pastors, we're a team. We're still a team. It takes both of us. And, but, yes, you, st- you still got to talk to each other. You still got to go on walks. You, you know, my kids love to go on vacation with me because I pay for all the vacation. <laughs> but if, if, if I don't get our time, then we make our time. We'll go to Gatlinburg and leave everybody here. You know?: and we're
0: So time we're alone you're adding to that list, communication and listening to each oh, yeah. other.: That's Oh amazing. yeah. Oh yeah. What about you? The heirs. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. Um, our culture pushes us to get married, but also says that a lot of good things end when you get married. What have you done to keep your connection strong with one another?
7: Number one is making him a nervous wreck because he is an introvert and does not want to answer this question right now. And I'm going to make him do it.
0: How long have you been married? 15 years. Why did she hesitate? She was like.
8: (laughs) Well, um, yes, I'm an introvert. Hello. I'm up here on the stage. Um, So I think for us, um, one of the biggest things, and this is actually even recently learning how to. <clears throat> not just meet each other's, um, you know, lo- lo- love language, but specifically learning how to communicate in in all kind of scenarios. We, When we first got married, we had a lot of tragedy in our uh, family. Her parents' house burned down. My dad passed away at 46. Um, we had a lot of big things, and then learning how to be married at the same time was very, very challenging. Um, and it, it took us, I would say, honestly, a good 10, 12 years to get into a pattern wow. of... This is how we deal with these situations, no matter what, um, and how we can work together through those things and and learn how to communicate was a big thing um, that helped us continue to keep going.
7: Yeah, we would um we would listen to um, different marriage podcasts and even pastors and leaders talk about this is what women do and this is what men do and it almost felt like we were the complete opposite because <laughs> he likes to talk all the time when we get home and I completely shut down when I get home. I'm like I've talked all day. I'm not saying another thing. I'm going to make dinner and I'm going to watch the office and I'm going to bed. Like don't talk to me anymore. And and it was really strange cuz he's like, "I mean, is there something wrong with me?" and I was like, "Is there something wrong with me?" You know, and because people Put you in stereotypes if you let if you let them and allow them to, and it can be really detrimental to a relationship if you 're constantly trying to compare yourself to other people or thinking that everybody else is doing it right and you 're doing it wrong it 's really hard to to cultivate a good relationship if if you always feel like you 're on the wrong side you know starting out um, and that 's why i 'm such a huge proponent of um, figuring out your personality because i really don 't feel like I could get to know him because I was so devoid of knowing myself. I didn't know anything about myself. I'd always lived for other people. I'd always served other people. I grew up in ministry, um, small church um, environment, and um, I was always doing stuff for other people, and so when it came to a relationship with me and him, I was just expecting him to know so much, expecting him to read my mind. I even had like the romantic comedy um, thing where it's like, I would watch movies and think that this is just the way it was going to go. And he's so not that way, you know, <laughs> he's so intelligent and he's a great provider and all of those things, but like romance does not come first to him. It just doesn't. And I would get so angry and be like, well, everybody else's husband is blah, 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 you know, and he's, and he's like, well, that ain't me. So, you know, <laughs> deal with it. And, <laughs> and figuring out our personality types and learning how, um, really learning how he communicated was really, really important. Things that were normal for me, sarcasm comes really normal to me. I think it's fun. I think it's quick-witted, you know. I think it's hilarious. And he would get so offended with me, and it would really shut down our connection. And finally, after years of us fighting about this, like he would say a word stupid or like drop something on the floor, and I'd be like, ah, you know, because I just think it's funny. And after years, he would be like, Anna, I don't think it's funny because I got so made fun of in middle school. And it like followed me throughout my whole life. And so like stuff that I thought was normal and I thought was funny was actually like tearing him down. And I didn't even realize it. And now that we've gotten through that part, it's like we can have more fun together now. Not everything is a huge trigger, but I'm also much more sensitive to when he's able to take a joke and when he's not, you know what I'm saying? Instead of like constantly causing a fight and things like that. So I think that's how we've kept our connection is to learn more about ourselves so that we can grow together.
0: And it sounds like you keep, I have a follow-up question. Keep the mic. <laughs> it's like, keep the fork, keep the mic. Sorry. The, the mic. Um, it sounds like even what Pastor Lee uh, was saying about it takes time. And oftentimes I have seen that in marriages people are just like, well, I haven't it's it's just the first year. We we get to know each other after the first year and you said 10 <laughs> years, you said years. Um, in the time that you waited, what were some of the things that you felt were that it worked to try to because obviously it took some effort in your part. What what was that connection that you said, okay, this is not working, but I'm still committed to this person? What are those things that you that you can recall that that were helpful?
8: I I think a lot of it started when we were here. So we actually made a move to Texas before we moved to Texas. Um, I think a lot of it was just um, our church community was a big part of it. I think drawing together to be here and to be in the presence of the Lord and to worship, we both grew up um, musical. And so we met a campus choir at Lee University um, and that's kind of a big connection for us. So being a part of a worship community, being part of here was a draw to us, and and that really helped us in those times when we felt like, hey, we're still trying to figure this out. Um, but it was the kind of common kind of center that kept us kind of going. I think.
7: Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty isolated person. I have very very few close friends, and um, but those close friends that I do have. I was able to be completely and totally honest with and say, this is not, I don't feel like this is going well. Like I really, I was, I mean, we were talking about divorce quite a few times, like how this is not going to work out. And I had people in my life that would not just listen to me vent, but would point me toward Jesus and say, this is the way, uh, this is what we signed up for. We didn't sign up for a horrible life, but we did sign up for not just making each other happy, but making each other holy. And what does that look like for for the both of us? Um, And it doesn't mean that I'm always right or he's always right. Um, And, you know, when you're already, like, in a fight all the time, it's almost like everything triggers you. You start using that you always language or you never language, <laughs> you know. And your friends sometimes, you know, if they're filled with the Holy Ghost and they're completely honest with you, they're able to say, ah, "You got to watch that because I think really what you're dealing with here is some trauma that you haven't dealt that you haven't dealt with. I think what you're dealing with is some unforgiveness." I think that um, you're not really getting to the root of the issue. I think you just want to be mad right now. Like, and we all need friends like that. So um, I think that that really helped. And podcasts and things like that helped me to just kind of think on my own. Because I really am an internal processor. I I find it very, very difficult to express how I'm actually feeling. Um, And just listening to things sometimes and going, oh, that turned a light bulb on
0: for me. Really helped. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm noticing a, a pattern in things that you're saying, and this is why we want to share it with everyone. It sounds like connection is a, is a big, it, it is a big, it's huge, um, but it's connection because of commitment. So you're, you're committing that you're going to love this person, you know, forever till death do you part, um, and you're going to do whatever it takes. And then you've both shared looking for outside resources. So we're not going to dwell in what we're going through right now. We're going to get help either from friends Bible study uh, and and a worship community. It, something happens when you come before the presence of the Lord with that person that you. And it's real, and for the single people that are praying through or you're dating. This is how you're gonna know if that's the person. Bring them to church, let them come, let them shut the lights off, and everybody's in their hands. If they're walking around and they look like they're from another faith, you might wanna you know starts with a B and ends with an Aptist, Then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pray it through. Pray that the revival comes. Okay. Now, Maria and Moises, first of all, tell everyone how old you were when you got married.
9: Yes. <laughs> so we've been married for 23 years, but I, got, I was 17 when I, we got
0: married.
10: I was 19. Wow. Yeah. So.
0: Wow. That's amazing. So I'm going to ask you the same question, you both. What have you done to keep your connection strong with one another? At 23 years, starting at 17 and 19.
9: Intentionally choosing each other. That is the commitment we've made to each other. I think it's one of those things that it wasn't easy um, we also um, got married at 17 and nineteen but we entered the family really really quickly so being young learning how to be married learning how to be parents all at the same time was so much pressure and I think it's it's interesting because there's this culture that makes you feel like you're less than if you don't have it put together from the beginning and I think It's a lie from the pit of hell when they say, oh, your first year is going to be honeymoon. And you're like, I don't even know the person I'm being with. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, my goodness, they left their socks on the floor again. I'm going to (laughs) choke them. Um, And I'm just being transparent because it's that first year is a getting to know you year. Yes, it's great because you've entered relationship. But it's just the beginning of what the Lord has for you. And I think too many times people give up too easily because they stop fighting for each other. If we would fight for each other the way that we fight for divorce, it would change
0: our marriages. Moises, for you, do you feel like you've had to change the way that you tried to connect with her throughout the years? Was it the same when she was 17 or 21? Or is it the same now?
10: No, first thing I had to change too was my attitude. I mean... (laughs) My attitude was bad. And things that keep her going to this day, a lot of time, you know. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> well, a lot of date nights, you know. And, you know, we get up. We still do, like, little dates here and there. I get up every morning sometimes. I put, like, a little note on the, on the mirror. I love you. Have a good day. And we text each other all day long pretty much. So 23 years being married, I'm, I still love her, like, the first day. So, yeah. And-
9: He intentionally pursues me still up to 23 years. Like, and I'll just as an example, this week, work has been upside down crazy since Friday, but he knew how stressed out I was. And we don't do Valentine's Day. We just think it's overrated. (laughs) Nobody got time to be paying $75 for roses that are $10, right? Y'all know, right? (laughs) That's why y'all are here on Valentine's Day.
0: (laughs) We're going to go to church. Save me some money.
9: (laughs) But he knew, and he literally called me yesterday and goes, I need you to get off at work right on time, because I've made reservations. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, we made reservations. We're going to your favorite restaurant. Let's go. And it was his intentional pursuit to get to know and make sure. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's be real. There's hard days. There's real days. And sometimes in between, you have to know how to pursue each other the same way that when I know that he's down. It's my job as his wife to call the king out in him and make sure that he knows who he is, not before my eyes, but before the Lord. And I think the the hardest thing I had to learn was the false expectations that I put on my husband that were not real, that were ungodly. Because rom-coms make you think that they have to know these things and they just have to magically, and it's a false expectation that we've put on our spouses or on our partners that are not real. If we don't communicate, they don't know.
0: And I think it's interesting that the, when you guys have all talked about connection, it's connect, connection looks different depending on the person. Like, you don't pursue connection with someone the way that you would want, but you said he knew what restaurant you wanted, and he knows that you like surprises because I know that he knows what he likes when you're intentional with he, to be intentional with you. So, it sounds like that has really helped to, to foster that connection with you guys. So pursuing the person you care about, but the way that they like to be pursued. You can't come with your own, with your own agenda. That, that person's job is to then get to know yours. <laughs> now, Mr. Torrance and Benito. what have you done to keep your connection strong with one another?
11: First of all, good evening, Pastor Kim. And good
0: evening, Brother Terrence.
11: To my fellow panelists. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, We have been married for 25 years. Um, She's put up with a lot. Um, I have put up with a lot. Um, So your question is, what have we done? Can you repeat the question?
0: What have you done? to keep your connection strong with one another throughout the 25 years. And has that changed? I'm going to add to that. Has it changed the way that you guys stay connected throughout the years?
11: It has. It has changed. I think, you know, to piggyback off the last question, dealing with culture and how much culture puts pressure on couples, I think to get married. uh, And let me say this, you know, we got married in 1999. And so uh, we were young. I was 21 and she was 20. And, you know, the the big thing back then as today to have this huge wedding, you know, $10,000, your first day, you're in a lot of debt uh, just being married. And so we didn't have that pressure per se, but the culture, cultural pressure was there to have this huge wedding. And I think the pressure is they want you to have a huge wedding, but they don't want you to focus on marriage. Yeah. And so, you know, we were broke when we got married. I mean, our in our, re, our reception, we had auntie making fried chicken and corn. <laughs> And, you know, and, and we wanted to make sure, again, that we were going to be married and not have this huge wedding, per se. Um, and so, for us, we keep it fun. You know, we were obviously young. We're still young. Uh, but never lose joy in your marriage. Uh, and then when you recognize a dry season, you're going to have to be intentional. That's the, I love the word that she used. We're very intentional. I, I know personally, but even in our marriage, we're very intentional about everything Uh, things don't just happen you have to make things happen and so when you hit those dry seasons in your marriage you're gonna have to be intentional to bring life back to it Um, uh, and I'll be honest a lot of times and I think I heard it through a couple it happens personally and sometimes personally we are just under attack or we feel a heaviness or depression the husband and the wife got to recognize that and they got to recognize that my husband or my wife isn't themselves something's wrong something's going on and so they have to take a responsibility to help that their spouse. Um, I mean, she would tell you, I don't like uh, to stay in a mullet girls very long. I believe in a happy upbeat. We could be arguing, but we're going to be laughing for too long. We don't. I'm very quick to move to resolution. Um, I, 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 you know, I used to have this saying when I was younger. Uh, I used to love getting into an argument with my wife because I love making up. <laughs> and... Uh, but but I was always quick to resolution. I was always, you know, she would want to talk about it, and there I'm was like... was a
0: reward with the resolution. Yes, like, Let's get
11: to yes, that. yes. I'm ready to get to the, you know, the smile of happiness again. But, you know, for me, though, early on, I was ready. I was almost too quick to move to the solution because I didn't want to talk about problems uh, to a certain extent. I didn't want to extend the argument anymore. So I would try to hurry up, okay, how can we fix this? But no... And you know sometimes mostly in the woman in the marriage wants to talk things through, and they have a lot to say about it and but I think uh don't get off off track here, but I think you have to keep your marriage lively, honey oh, did <laughs>
12: um you said a lot, so <laughs> I don't wanna um but yes i um I communication is um definitely uh, key to um, growing in a marriage, because um, the change does take place. I think in the beginning of our marriage, um, I had a hard time of communicating effectively. Um, but over time, I knew that in order for um, me to grow and for us to um, for our commitment to be strong, I needed to make, I had to get whatever needed to be out, out. And so, um, (laughs) I think at the beginning he was like, you know, I want to, you know, tell me, you know, I want to know and all the things and now I can't shut up. And then he's like, can you just not say, you know, (laughs) so that's the growth in your marriage. Right. So, um, but, um, I
13: don't even so, know. so
0: connection changed for you yes. in the way that you, um, because even what, what Anna was saying, that at the, you just expect people to know. And people, it's not by osmosis. Nobody reads mind. Only, only God knows the heart of man. Yeah. And so I, I, I feel like what you just said is, you know, that you were able to experience that connection truly when you communicated, over, almost overly communicated now, right? Yes. And how what, what has that done for you?
11: Well, I would say also, for us when we got married, we weren't done growing. We weren't what we would consider grown-ups and know it at all. You know, you, we realized when we got married, there was a lot to learn about life. There was a lot to learn about each other. So I think the fact that when she talked about communication was the biggest change because we, we realized we were still growing. You know, honestly, when, when we got married, I was still heavy into video games and uh, I still enjoyed playing the PlayStation a lot where, you know, she wanted to talk. No, I'm in the video games. And, you know, that, that became a, it, it wasn't a video game itself. It's, it's I allow it to consume me or still consume me as a married man. And so it became somewhat of a uh, issue. And so realizing those things uh, to help your marriage and realize what's hurting your marriage. Um, and so even though I have my own compartment, you know, I always tell people men operate by compartments. Women operate by connectivity. And so understanding that I have to have certain compartments. So, again, I say be intentional. Well, you know, I can remember there was times my wife was like, honey, let's pray. I'm like, the football game is on. This is not a time to pray. And, and her having to understand that, you know, he's in a different compartment. And then understanding me, understanding that my wife wants to talk. So, you know, I found out years ago that one of the greatest victories you'll find in marriage is, is preference me preferring her over me and her preferring me over her and when we aim and be intentional in that matter our marriage is a lot more communicative it's a lot better so we I just like well honey what do you need and she'll say what do i need so we're now we're meeting each other's needs instead of me always in my little world and she's in her little world and we wonder why we're both upset so i think you have to be very intentional uh when you're in marriage no matter how long you've been married or if you're about to get married you must be intentional in your marriage
12: um one thing I would like to encourage, um, especially wives, is knowing how to pray for your husband. Cause the Bible says that that only God can turn the heart of a king. And a lot you don't want to be like a nagging wife. Like a a nagging wife is worse than a drip, right? During the rain. So <laughs> I was doing a lot of nagging and it was not helping so i went to the father okay <laughs> and he did the bidding you know so when you learn how to say lord get him no i'm just kidding <laughs> um i think it's awesome because now you're not taking credit right. and he's not trying to change because i'm just going to do it so, to shut her up no i'm changing because I need to change you know so um,
0: and then when we've seen time and time again couples that that do not make it you know divorce is at an all-time high more so even in the church um, and so I, I let's talk a little bit about kind of when you lose this question is open for everybody um, what have you done or is anyone willing to talk about their decision or emotions surrounding the loss of a person you were close to you can talk about that person you just broke up with before you got married, or before you started, before you got engaged, or even singles. You know, what what have you done? How how has that impacted you? What affected you?
7: I'm not going to talk about a romantic relationship, but um, I do know that relationships that have really, really impacted me have been the friendships that I thought would last forever, um, because you know um, you're, I don't know what it is about women and our girlfriends. Like we share everything, you know, we just, we talk about everything and we're so open with one another. And so you almost feel even more vulnerable with your friends sometimes than even with your spouse, because it's like, you can almost talk to them about just anything under the sun. And, um, and those friendships, you know, sometimes when they just go in a different direction, there is a grieving there. And I don't think that that's something that we talk about enough in the church. It's like there's the loss of a friendship, you know. It's like um, the loss of someone that, you know, was there for you, especially at like a very pivotal time. And and then it's just kind of like you go two different ways or kind of like the sermon that Pastor Kevin talked about on Sunday, you realize that your center of gravity is not the same anymore. Um, or, you know, just random life things happen. But, yeah, it's something, to, it's, it's something that, that has affected me. Um, And I guess the way that one of those kind of, you know, fizzled out was just, um, you know, they only wanted to talk about uh, the same trauma and complaints over and over and over again. And I could just tell that there was no, there was no desire to heal. And so every time we went over and over and over the same thing over and over again, you know, it was, I would just say, I love you so much. and, And we know that you know how you're going to have to fix this and you know and they just weren't willing and after a while i guess they got tired of me talking about healing <laughs> and, and i was like you know um you know i'm still here for you but sometimes you can just tell that if you're not in a if if you're not in a going to make the decision to move forward and they're just gonna stay still. Those paths are gonna change sometimes because they're just they want to stay where they are. And it doesn't mean that if they texted me right now, I wouldn't be there for them. I would still absolutely be there for them. Always help them. Always love them. Still pray for them. Um, but your paths just change sometimes.
9: So I'm I'm also not. It's not a previous ex, but when you come out of orbit with the last season or the last church you were at and how that affects and transitions your marriage or your relationships. Um, Because, like Pastor said, you know, who are you in orbit with? And when you realize that your previous season no longer served you, it was actually draining you, how does that affect you, and how does that affect your marriage? That transition for us, when we transitioned, um, it's 12 years, about to be 13 years this July, affected us deeply. Like it was grieving, it was loss, it was so monumental, but the way that we dealt with it was choosing to be with the presence of the Lord, that we heard the word, we obeyed, and we moved forward. And the orbit that God called us to, which was this house, was so much more, and it brought us so much healing. And sometimes I think we get stuck in our past uh, season instead of moving forward into our present condition. So I think we have to make intentionality of choosing to grow in
0: the transition instead of staying in the past. And I, th- I think that that goes back to connection, you know, because if you stay, so if you lost a friend or a relationship or a community, you have a decision to make. You could either s- kind of wallow in that grief, and then this is what people call depression. You can't stay there, right? You you can make a choice to say, I'm going to connect again. I'm going to try again. I'm going to make phone calls and ask people to go out to lunch. Um for singles that had had a breakup, I will date again. I will, after the time that you've healed, um, and, and it all goes back to that genuine quest for connection. Now, I'm gonna ask you one last question, and I'm gonna ask, and, oh, you wanted to say something. Go ahead, Miss Tori, yes. Yeah, please.
5: really quickly, I just wanted to say, uh, I heard a person say that access is not a right, it's a privilege. And something that set me free in seasons past, I'm kind of similar to Anna, where I don't have a ton of super close friends. I have like one or two, Carter, my mom. (laughs) I don't have a ton of close friends. And something that really set me free was understanding the proximity that people have to me and where they belong. For instance, some people that I would desire to be my best friend were only ministry friends. Some people that I desired to be a ministry friend were only those friends that I could go get lunch with and that's the access that they had to me. So I think knowing the proximity that people have with you will truly help with, you know, dealing with heartbreak and and loss in relationships.
0: That's good. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not always so, like, to, to know and understand that proximity, that sometimes takes time, right? And can you talk about maybe some of that, some of the things that you've done to connect with the right people, not the right people? How have you figured that out? I would say
5: I'm, I'm young, and so it's trial and error. Um, having godly counsel in my life has been the breath of fresh air that I've needed in this season, especially planning a wedding and all of the things. People are like, hey, how's the wedding planning going? I'm like, you're not invited. (laughs) No offense, you can't, only have so many people. But um, it's trial and error, you know, being able to know, (laughs) sorry, that's so harsh. This is why I don't have close friends, guys. (laughs) No, but I think it's trial and error, you know, Um, I don't think there's like a a course or a map of how to really, this is the way to do it for myself, it might be different for others, but um, But you have to try
0: to connect and therefore then you can figure out, yeah A hundred percent
4: I would just add to that, um, one of the things that I've been taught growing up is that relationship is the greatest risk reward scenario In life Mm -hmm. and to to get the great reward that relationships offer you will always have to risk and if you are unwilling to risk you'll never reap the reward Um, so that's kind of something that you have to come to terms with in a relationship Um, like me and Tori would never be engaged if there was never a risk put out there Mm -hmm. for my heart to be potentially broken or vice versa Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's kind of the, just the, the duality of relationships, yeah.
0: And, and so the risk would be in you wanting to connect, wanting to show love and receive love. It all goes back to that, you know, to that desire to connect. And I like the fact that you're talking about risk because I think it's a healthy way to look at it. Like if you come into a relationship or into a quest for connection and it and you know that this could work or this, this could not, you're almost like prepare your heart. I'm not saying to be jaded, but,
4: yeah. um, but
0: even, I'm sure you've, you've dated people in the past. How did, how did that then help you to risk it again? Like what, when did you make that choice?
4: Uh, I think for one, forgiveness is the first step to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and realizing, I think for me it was realizing the beauty in another chance and the fact that past relationships unlocked access to my potential future. And if I were to be stuck on the past, I'd never be able to walk into my next. So be, being able to forgive them and not only them, but m- myself as well, um, and then allow, allow to, to love again.
0: That potential for the reward of the future is, is an amazing way to put it. Can, can uh, I? Yes. I'm not trying to get churchy, but
9: the other step is to pray for the friendships. God can set up friendships that we can never see. And I, we have to put ourselves out there, but the connection that God can make are so life-lasting, and it's usually the people that you never even saw coming. So make sure to pray for your tribe. And if you don't have it, hold on. God has one for you. I promise you he will never leave you or forsake you, and he knows the desires of your heart. But I tell you that if you're seeking people and friendships, seek God and he will answer you.
11: Well, Pastor Kim, she said not to be churchy, and I don't want to be too carnal. But I I think with relationships you have to be careful as well because everyone in our lives didn't support this union. And especially my single friends or friends that aren't married. And now I am married. And, you know, whereas they usually call up at 11 o'clock at night and let's go out, can't happen anymore. But yet the invitation invitation still came. And so now I have to realize that I may be in a different place and they're not. And I got to be able to recognize it and they got to recognize it. And I had the mindset because I, too, didn't have a lot of friends. But I wasn't willing to compromise this relationship for one of my single guy friends want to hang out. It just wasn't going to happen. And so you have those conversations with people that may not necessarily go where you're going. And so they got to recognize that, look, this is who I am now. You know, we're married. We have children. Um, I even have married friends that may not have any children. It still affects because there's a lot more things they can do that I'm not willing to go and, and hang out, you know, doing this and doing that. So it's understanding that, you know, people can be fickle. And you got to recognize... What's going to ultimately affect this relationship? And is it worth it just because someone doesn't necessarily be in the same, may not be in the same boat, but they got to be willing to accept where you are. And if they're not, again, you're not mad. It's just like, you know, man, it's 1130, you know, <laughs> at night, <laughs> you know, and you just, it's just not the same. And so when I jump up or get on my clothes, get on clothes, I'm about to go, And she's looking at me like, you know, you know, usually... It, you know, the wife, when you get up at 30 and ain't putting on clothes, she don't think you're going to hang out with the boys. Let's uh-huh. just be honest. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, so you got to be wise. Um, you know, even for when I have single friends, it's not the same. Even though they're still my friends and I want to hang out with them, I just can't. Where y'all are going, I can't go. You know, that's just a reality that you have to accept. It shouldn't take my wife looking at me sideways for me to get a revelation that this is not a smart decision. <laughs> I got to realize that. That's not a good decision, you know, and come home at two or three o 'clock in the morning, you know men it just don't work, you know uh, so I think that's it. when the friendships you just got to realize that that if the if the friendship is going to remain, understand where I am now, and I need you to accept that, and if you can't, you know, like I said, we'll dap it up and you know see it when I see you you know
0: that's amazing. It sounds like um all something that you guys have all shared it's something that has, it's a matter of the will. Like if you, if that's your person, that's your friend, whatever it takes for me to be able to connect with them, um, that's what you're gonna do. So we're gonna have some questions and answers. So text, send your text message to this phone number here and we're actually gonna be get them live when you receive them and I'm gonna ask the last question but I'm gonna give you an opportunity to go ahead and um, send your questions to to this text. Now, this is for everyone. Um, What is one thing, maybe just one or two words, what's one thing you want people to know about being a follower of Jesus and being single, engaged, or married? Oh, yes.
2: (laughs) I'll take this one. Um, So I just kind of want to bounce back also off of the last question. I think what Maria said was phenomenal about prayer. Um, I was in a relationship for four and a half years uh, many moons ago, but
0: <laughs> and you so know, for the record, you're single right now. I'm single. Just right now. Yeah. If anybody's wondering,
2: <laughs> I'm happily single, and I love love Jesus so much. That's why I wanted to take this question. Um, yes, I was in that relationship, and it wasn't until prayer, like God, is this the one? And the Lord is like, no, like no. And you know, you keep praying, God, is this the person? Is this the one? And He's like, no. And um, it was hard letting that relationship go because it, was, it became an idol and you're so wrapped and so focused on this person. This is your best friend and you want it to work so bad that you're neglecting the word of the Lord. You're neglecting what God is telling you. And so letting that go actually allowed me to draw closer to the Lord and um, there's no one better. There's nothing better than the love of the Lord, the love of the Father, and when my identity was wrapped in him, when my eyes were fixed on God, and I went into prayer and let that relationship go, I actually had the audacity to say, God, if I let him go or if I let this go, you owe me. I said that in prayer. You owe me. This is so hard. You owe me. And little did I know the Lord is like, I have so much better for you. And so... I think I'm the happiest person I've ever been in my life, being single. It's okay. (laughs) But it's because this is the season I'm in and my time with the Lord, um, there's nothing better. So if you are out there and you are struggling because you want to be in a relationship or, you know, you haven't found the one, don't worry. Just keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes fixed on him and he'll send you the right one in the right time. So, yeah.
0: Um, next couple, what's one thing you want people to know about being a follower of Jesus and being married? Torrance.
11: Okay. Um, (laughs) I think the one thing you have to know is being married and being a follower of Jesus is not boring. It isn't, uh, we aren't boring people. And so people need to see you as a couple and being a Christian couple that you can still have fun that you're still human, that you're normal. You know, you don't have to wear turtlenecks up to here, you know, and, 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 and try to, you know, walk around with this piousness. It's, it, I like being married, and I like being saved. It, it, I do. I do. I, I think I get the best of both worlds. And so I think people got, I think sometimes people focus on the wrong things because I think of expectations that others have placed upon them you know, that they try to walk around in a certain way, because what is it? What if this person is going to think about me? I like sports. I like having fun, but I also pray. I also read my Bible. I also talk about the Lord. And so people have to understand that, that you're human. And I think sometimes when you try to be something other than yourself, I'll be more concerned about you then. So I think being married and being saved it's fun it's it's enjoyable because again now that we are joined together we have we're we're like double trouble you yes. know
0: if we, one can put a thousand to flight yes
11: Come on. yes two <laughs> can put 10,000 yeah. so I think it's important that you understand that just because you're married now and like Emo Ali say you're single and happy there's nothing wrong with that Love Paul that. said I'd rather you remain as I Yeah. you know uh I didn't even though it was a great you know <laughs> advice great I got married <laughs> you know thanks Paul but no thanks you know, I'm getting married, so th- there's nothing wrong. People sometimes look at singles and be like, "Oh, when, when are you gonna date again? When are you gonna get married?" And there's it again culturally. There's this pressure as if being single is something wrong with you, like you can't keep a man or you can't keep a woman. Something's wrong with you. That's, exactly nothing. nothing. Nothing's wrong. So I think as a as a married, and there's nothing wrong being married. You know, all oh, ball and chain, huh? No. I have a lot of freedom. My wife has a lot of freedom. And so I think it's important to understand that you can be saved and be happy and still have fun. And I think for us, we're individuals, too. We're married, but I'm me and she is her. There's things that she's going to do that I don't want to do. And there's places I want to go that she ain't going to go. So it's like, you know, deuces. See you when you get back. We have fun. Amen. Uh,
0: Elizabeth, what's one thing you want people to know about being a follower of Jesus and being single?
1: Well, I think something that the Lord is like teaching me in this season is the importance of stewarding this season, stewarding relationships in this season. Um, It's one thing that I've heard a lot of married people say is that enjoy your single season because you'll never have the season again. Um, And though like I do desire the next season, I don't wanna miss like the sweet things that the Lord has in this season. I don't wanna miss the sweet connections that I can build with people in this season. I don't wanna miss the things that he's teaching me through outward relationships not in a romantic sense but we learn a lot from a friend relationship you learn a lot of triggers within yourself or just maybe even bad habits that the Holy Spirit's like hey let's pay attention to those things before we're committed for our life with someone else um so I would say the biggest thing would be just I mean there's such a biblical mandate for stewardship you think about the parable of the talents but like that relates to my season that relates to
0: everything that's in my hands at this moment so stewarding well awesome Tori and Carter what's one thing you want people to know about being a follower of Jesus and being engaged
5: um being engaged right now it's so cool because in the natural and in the supernatural, my life is aligning. I'm preparing to be a bride in the natural, and I'm preparing for the bridegroom in the supernatural. And so it's the only time in my life where the natural and the supernatural aligns. And so being able to pay attention to the mundane things in the supernatural. Pastor Kevin preached an amazing uh, sermon series on the bride. If you haven't listened to it, go back and watch it. Super powerful. And so... Being engaged, um, if you're an engaged couple, really, really take this time in to allow yourself to learn everything in the natural, but also in the supernatural, how they align. That's
4: awesome. um, I would just say I have two things. The first is you can be Christian and human. And I think a lot of times in engagement, we have learned how to uh, problem solve with each other. In a greater depth, I never knew that preparing for a wedding would be this chaotic. As a man, I guess, I get—I—I I don't know—I was naive in that. But um, you can have bad days and be Christian. Um, but it's how you respond to those bad days that matters. And I think we've learned that the most. And then I think, um, for my engaged couples coming from a, a soon-to-be husband, um, one of the things that if really marked me in this season and kind of taken the, the, uh, stress away from it is that the greatest teacher that I could have to be a bridegroom is from Jesus Mm -hmm. and learning how to love her by how he loves me. Mm -hmm. And because I know how he loves me, it makes loving her so much easier. Um, and then one piece of advice, um, that I've heard my, my Uncle Joe, he gave this to me, is he said that um, taking advice from Jesus as the bridegroom, you'll learn one thing. Um, The mission is not to be right, it's to do right. And there's gonna be a lot of times in my marriage and already in my engagement where sometimes I feel like I'm right in the situation or in the argument, but the goal is not for me to be right. The goal is for me to do right. Um, and a lot of times that, that is shutting up when you don't want to and learning how to do that. So uh, that would be my advice. Okay. Good,
0: Maria and Moises, what's one thing you would want people to know about being a follower of Jesus and being married?
10: Well, be we follower of Jesus, first thing is put God first every time. Yeah. I mean, problems goes up and down. I mean, if you put Jesus first, I mean, everything will be, you know, perfect. It's like, I enjoy being married now and being my single life, be honest, especially when something pops up in the, modern, in the middle of the night, like, oh, babe, you know, what do you think about this? And we're pray together, yeah. you know. It could be two in the morning, she'd be like, I'm still sleeping, but she still gets up. And, you
12: know.
10: <laughs> and we still, that's the best thing that I love about it, so, <laughs> yeah.
9: Um, being married, and the thing I would tell followers of Jesus is it's okay to have different ministries, I think sometimes because marriage, it looks different for every couple. And some couples are called to do ministry together. You know what I mean? They will worship together and that's great and there's not an issue with that. But our ministry looks a little different in different seasons, you know. He has a ministry that is not inside the walls of the church. He's a mechanic and he gets to bless people left and right in doing what he does. And for many years, I didn't see that ministry gifting because I was so caught up with, it has to be in church. It has to be with me besides me. And I think one of the things that we have to learn to let go is the false sense that ministry happens just in the church. And we are Christians inside the church and outside the church. What we do outside the church actually matters more and when the lord revealed that to me about my husband and how many people he has led to the lord in a garage privately that no one knows about and the ministry he gets to do that is so much greater than sometimes what i can even do on a sunday and those are the things that we have to let go of false expectations over thinking that we know better than jesus wow that's awesome
0: Pastor Lee and Marsha, what's one thing you would want people to know about being a follower of Jesus and being married? Marsha.
13: Well, I think that the biggest thing is to know that no matter what you're going through, no matter what it is, how bad it is, um, that if you have Jesus, there is a solution for the whatever it is. And I, wanted the, I think one of the best things that I can look for Lee and I is that we had parents that did not get divorced that they gave us and showed us that even though there were problems that happened, you can work through it. And for me, it, to tell somebody, that's the best gift you can give your kids is if you will stay together. Um, I know it's hard, there's things that are hard. And I can only think of a few times that I saw times that I thought, well, this just isn't gonna work. Uh, there may have been abuse going on and sometimes you have to say, okay, it's over. But for the most part, there's a solution to every problem. And uh, something that I, I try to do is to choose joy in every situation. I'm thankful, grateful, and blessed. And I, I'll say that when I get down. But God has taken us through 50-plus years of, of everything you can think of. I mean, we, we're just normal people. So we go through all the things everybody goes through. But God's provided a solution because we sought it and waited for it and God provided. And so 53 years later, we're still married.
0: Mm -hmm. Mr. Noah, what's one thing you want people to know about being a follower of Jesus and being single?
3: I think something that the Lord has taken me on a journey is just lock your eyes with him. He's the ultimate goal. And as you begin to run after him, I learned something that as you begin to run after him, he'll bring the perfect person to run right next to you that you could run the race with. And I just hear this verse. It's Habakkuk. I think two, two, write it down, make it plain. Begin to pray for your spouse. Begin to write down what you want in a future spouse. What do you desire in a future spouse? And I know in due season, if you have patience, you will find the right woman. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Patience is a virtue. Sometimes we, we let, the culture and their expectations push us prematurely to find someone that isn't the one for us. Patience and, and waiting in for due season. You will reap in due season. Your seeds of prayers of what your future wife will look like, what your future wife will be for you in the future will come to fruition if you are patient and you
0: wait. That's awesome. All right. Our heirs, you started us and you're going to wrap us up. What's one thing you want people to know about being a follower of Jesus and being
8: married? Well, I was just observing some of the things that have been said, <clears throat> and I think uh, it's important that all these wonderful single people here have all had a theme: is that Jesus is the center of you personally, and you take that into marriage. And if you don't, you're going to have problems. <laughs> um, and I think the one of the things that you know it took us a long time is that doing that early is important and making sure you are, are personally letting Jesus transform you because what you take in is what you have to work through together. So if you work on you and let Jesus change you first, it will be a little bit easier, and it may take you a long time. But I see the theme of everybody kind of gathering around that center of Jesus is the, the center of the gravity of sorts of the orbit.
7: Um, I think one of the main things to know about being a follower of Jesus and being a married person is uh, that the journey of purity doesn't end once you get married. Um, I think in our culture, we all kind of make big jokes about, you know, oh, you're married now. Now you can do it, (laughs) you know, all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, it's funny, but uh, at the same time. that journey to purity and that um, purity of heart, what you read, what you look at, the things that enter into your spirit through your eyes and ears and all of those things, that journey doesn't end and um, everything isn't completely and totally cool (laughs) with you and your spouse all the time, especially if you're going through really difficult seasons. And so um, I don't ever want anybody to think that being married is just like check, we're done. You know, it's not like that. Um, that's one of the ways that we've grown together and that we're continually being matured in Christ. And, um, does holiness look like, you know, in a marriage, what does purity look like in a marriage? Um, that's something that we're still learning daily.
0: That's so, so amazing, do we have any questions?
7: Yes, we have yes. lots of questions, oh, so good. y'all ready for this?
0: Yes, we'll take another Ciao. 10 minutes, so we'll do, we'll, do, we'll do
7: a few. Help us, okay. Um, how did you know that this is the person you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? That question we've gotten about five times.
11: <laughs> That's Vanita here. Oh, <laughs>
12: <laughs> Well, let's see, um, I actually prayed for my husband. Um, Before, you know, I met my husband, I actually had a relationship with the father and, (laughs) and, um, he was my husband. And so, um, I remember praying, being Pacific in what I want as a husband. And as I was waiting patiently, I never knew the scripture that says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Well, I didn't know he began to put desires in my heart. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do this for my husband. I'm going to do this. I didn't realize he was preparing me to be that good thing. And so when I finally, me and Torrance actually met on a blind date. That's a whole nother. And so, and and just the story itself, it was really God ordained, you know. So um, it was just like he was the first person that uh, saw my ugly before I was cute, you know. So. (laughs) He kind of saw it, you know, saw, you know, and it was just like a natural, you know, it was just just natural and just the beauty. And I fell in love because he, he loved the very person that I was in love with just as much. And so um, I was like, okay, you you know, okay, just got some potential. No. (laughs) So.
7: Anyone else? Anyone else want to say how you knew that your
0: person was the one. Carter? <laughs>
7: I, I got he a, saw her I singing. Got a, I got
11: an answer. They were single.
0: Oh, yes.
11: <laughs> um,
4: I think for me, my dad taught me growing up, one of the things that he saw in my mom that I found in Tori was that every day Tori pushed me to want to be better than I was the day before. Um. I wanted to be the, the man God called me to be for God, but also for her. And I wanted to be better um, than I had been previously. I wanted to be better. Every day I woke up, I, I, I wanted to be better. And I think that that was an indication for me that, that I had found it.
7: So. Yes. For the singles, what are some valuable things for a single person to do now while waiting on the special person?
0: Get a job.
2: Save. Um, Up that
7: credit score. (laughs) Yes.
2: Um, Some valuable things. I would say what really kind of bothered me, um, not in a bad way, but... We have training and tests for driving, for everything. But I was looking online for singles relationship, like, yeah. courses. Hello? <laughs> and it was so hard to find. But they did come up during 2020, during the lockdown, all that. Those courses came up. But um, I think just researching uh, reliable sources, seeking God, praying, praying, looking to be better for yourself. Uh, One thing I've learned through friends who are married is that what you have now will be multiplied when you're in a marriage. Like marriage is about multiplication. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But whatever you're dealing with, good or bad, insecurities will be multiplied in marriage. You know, the positive things will be multiplied in marriage. So I think if you focus on uh, developing yourself emotionally, socially, Uh, Reading more books bettering yourself in the in different ways. um, I think that's a great way to start preparing
3: for marriage, so I Think just preparing like you said get a job (laughs) You're gonna you're start dating and you can't take her nowhere because you're broke like I think that's the biggest thing Um, start preparing like make sure you smell good (laughs) like (laughs) start figuring out who you are as a person Uh, find your identity um and just put things in place that when that person comes around you're ready to move you're you're not waiting because you don't have things in place financially you don't have a good credit score you don't have a car you don't have an apartment or you don't you you can't put these things in place because and move forward with with marriage because you haven't put anything in place um it's just the practical things as well um I think that's that's something to Get prepared now and find your identity in Christ. Figure out who you are before you get in a marriage and you hurt someone because you don't know who you are. And, and people get hurt because you haven't found your identity in Christ and where God's taking you. Find out where God's taking you first and God will bring you someone to compliment where you're going.
0: Elizabeth, do you want to say anything? Good. ahead. <laughs>
1: um, I agree with both. Um, I definitely think like, Right now, one thing that the Lord's, I can only like talk to my experience, but one thing the Lord's highlighting to me is like getting my house in order. (laughs) And so in finances in um, being rooted in the Lord and solely in him and not anything else or any seeking outside affirmation other than what my creator, my bridegroom can give me. Um, so I think that would be the biggest thing is paying attention to what the Holy Spirit is indicating in this season. To better yourself so that way it's not a larger issue further down the road. And
7: uh, I have a lot of single friends, and of course, we were single at one point in time. And I'm always telling my single friends, I I mean, don't wait for your significant other to do things that you actually want to do, like travel and, you know, learn a skill or whatever it is. Like, I have friends that are like, I want to take a cooking class when I get married. I'm like, dude, take one now. Like, who are you waiting on, you know? Um, And I, I, I went some, on some amazing trips when I was in high school and in college. and But once we got married um, and both of our jobs fell through and Lord, it was like we were scraping two nickels together all the time. And then we had children and then you buy your first house and you're on a mortgage and all this stuff. It's like your decisions have to change because, you know, now you're taking care of other people. So if you have the ability and you have the extra income to go and have fun, go and have fun. Like it's, And it's not that marriage is boring, but, it, but your decision making does change when it comes to what you're going to prioritize financially. And all I'm saying is if you're going to, if you want to do something, don't wait for your significant other. Be the weird person that goes to, you know, the French restaurant by yourself if you want to, you know, or take a couple of friends with you. Just do the things that you want to do and don't feel like you have to, you have to have a romantic partner in order to do that. Just go do it. Have fun. I think our last question for tonight is going to be the one that we got in about how do you prioritize your spouse when you have young children?
9: Yes. How do you prioritize your spouse when you have young kids? Honestly, it goes back to that whole intentionality thing. Um, because when you're getting pulled at from all directions, um, we had two under two in less than two years. Um, so it was one of those moments. And like I said, when we first got married, we were learning how to even be married. Um, you don't you don't get many lessons on that beforehand. Um, so then. Nine months later, then you have a child, and now you're learning to be a mom, a dad, and a spouse. So what we ended up having to do is literally, and I know this is one of those silly things, but in-the-house dates because, like Anna said, sometimes you don't have two nickels to rub together. Um, And that's okay because you're paying for diapers and formula and all those great things, and that's a blessing. Our children are a blessing from the Lord that we have... Don't despise them, but you have to make intentionality. And so I remember there was times that we just ordered Chinese food from the restaurant and we would put the kids to bed and then we would have in bed Chinese food. That's it. A movie that we rented from Redbox at the time or Blockbuster, remember, or, Blockbuster or the Netflix in the mail. Remember when Netflix was, actually came in the mail? Like you made a date night in your home to pursue each other. And pursuing each other can look like a sticky note on a mirror. It could be a text that you send just saying, hey, thought of you at work today. Thank you. It's that's the pursuit that matters and is intentional. And I think sometimes it's not, I'm just it's not easy. I'm not gonna let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not pretend that it's an easy transition. But when you learn it, keep it. What works for you may not be, what works for Anna and uh, Dustin may not work for Moises and Maria, but if it works for us, keep it. Each marriage is different, and if it works for you, solidify it.
7: Um, Ours, uh, yeah, we still (laughs) have young children. Um, We had a toddler, and then we had twins, and in the first three months that the twins were born, he was finishing his master's in business and um, had to get done and all this stuff and it felt like, I mean, we honestly were talking about it the other day, even looking at pictures, I'm like, I don't even remember that in my mind. I'm glad I have pictures because I don't even remember a lot of the things that happened um, just because we were sleep deprived and there was just so much going on. And one of the greatest things I, I saw um, a mentor of mine write was that in some seasons of your life, you don't have balance. You just have a juggle and that's gotta be okay in some seasons. Now, if, if it's continual and it, that's like every, year of your life, that's a habit for you. And that's a problem that you need to fix. But if it's a short lived thing, even if that short lived thing is, you know, having young children under the age of five, I feel like under the age of five is super young, you know, and mine right now are the twins are eight and my oldest is 11. And so we're going through school and stuff right now, but I don't have to wake up earlier than them. They can, they can feed themselves cereal or make some toast. And so just those like extra, 30 minutes is a big deal to me right now, um, and prioritizing each other when we had young kids, just like she said, it was sometimes just, you know, hey, good morning, kiss on the cheek. I mean, that, that's just what it was on some days, and other, you know, other days, it was just something different. I was so jealous of people that had, like, parents that lived in town that would watch their kids for free, because we didn't have that when when my kids were born, you know, so it's like, we had to pay everybody that would watch our children, and that was really difficult, too, you know. Um, <laughs> we love our abuela. She raised my babies, and she still calls them her white grandchildren. Yes, we love her so much. <laughs> and Brother Felix. And um, But that was really difficult. But we did have to prioritize, you know, if nothing else, maybe once every three months we go on a date night. That's just what it looked like sometimes. And even that date night was nothing, it's nothing expensive. It was just some time to breathe. That's what it was. But it didn't, it didn't last forever. We're doing great now. Um, but sometimes life does look like more like a juggle than it does a balance.
0: Wow. And can you
11: give a round can I say of applause?
0: Oh, sorry. I'm Florence sorry. is going to end it for us. <laughs> Take Thank it you. away, Mr. Torrance. Uh,
11: but I will add to that you know, we prioritize and plan for our dates. We have young children, our youngest are nine and 10, and we planned a lot, but we also learn how to be spontaneous. Mm-hmm you know, get a babysitter, have somebody on call. You know, it is a blessing to have somebody close, but yeah. there were times where people would stop and visit and see how we were doing. We're like, hey, can you watch the kids? We're going to go on a date. You know, and we just took advantage. Of they if they think they come to say hi, but they actually come to babysit. Uh, and, and, and so you got to be spontaneous sometimes because sometimes plans fall through. Sometimes yeah. plan, uh, There's many, many times we planned a date and never went on a date. Yeah. And I got tired of being let down because something happened. <laughs> Child, you know, and my daughters have had to learn how to accept us dating. Yeah. They hate to see us leave. We're all go We're going out. We're going to the movies. Go sit down. You know, you have to. You know, I, I'm, I'm joking. But they have to see you date. They have to accept that mom and dad are going out. And you're going to be okay. Yeah. You're going to stay here with your older sibling, which they be like, oh, no, they don't feed us. That's okay. We'll feed you when we get back. But your kids have to see that. It's okay for mom and dad to go out. We can't be here. And so sometimes plan, but be spontaneous and just get out the house. They'll accept it. We've snuck away many a times. They didn't even know we were gone, but it was necessary. But they learned to accept it. And so sometimes, as as a married couple, make it happen if you have to sneak out, but make it happen no matter what. Take it back.
0: Thank you, Partha Torrance. Can you give them a round of applause? I think my, my takeaway after listening, and I'm hoping uh, you guys got some tad, tidbits of nuggets and things to take away, is that, you know, uh, going back to what Pastor Kevin preached on Sunday, the reason that we can even have these conversations about the people in our orbit is because God created us. He created them. He created the atmosphere. He created us with that ability to attract people to ourselves and also to make the decision that you're not supposed to be in my orbit. He, he, are, he initiated that. He loved us first, and his desire is always relationship. He wants us to be in relationships, good, solid, healthy relationships, not traumatic ones that you keep crying about and asking. No, God is saying that's, that's 2023. 2024, God is trying to help you build some strong, healthy relationships. And like Pastor said on Sunday, when you're married, then the responsibility, the ante becomes even higher because you have to, you have to build that relationship in your marriage, and it is possible. God hates divorce. He's always going to hate divorce. And anybody that tells you and gives you advice and says, oh, yeah, you don't have to put up with that, get a divorce, is not of God unless you're being abused or, or you know, someone has cheated on you and you have that right. But I know people that even got, healed each other from cheating. Yeah. It is possible because God still hates it. So we just wanted to be able to take this opportunity to, to see Different people in different spheres of relationships. Um, At the end of it all, Jesus is at the center. He gives us the ability to be able to make good, solid relationships. It's okay to say no sometimes. um, But based on what they've all said, it is a quest. Connecting is a quest. It is something you have to decide to do. So all you lonely people that are, nah, I don't talk to nobody. I don't call nobody. Listen, you're not an island. We need you. You need us. We're here for you, so it's time to build some connection. Let me pray for you. You pray for our panelists, all right? Lord, I thank you for the privilege it is for, for us to be here tonight, to choose this day where we commemorate Valentine's Day, where we celebrate love. Lord, I thank you because you loved us first. You are the initiator. All good and perfect things come from above. And I thank you, O oh Lord, that in your perfect plan you created us for each other with each other oh Lord and when the relationship is right it is so sweet even when there's challenges it is so sweet so we thank you oh God for right godly relationships, people that are supposed to be in our orbit, I pray that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know that we know that we know who is supposed to be in and who is supposed to be out. We pray for every marriage, oh God, here tonight. Strengthen the marriages from the inside out, oh God. Anyone that is going through any difficulty, oh Lord, that has contemplated divorce, we come against the spirit of divorce tonight and we say, oh God, that There is a worthy cause and they can work on their marriage, restore their marriage. Tonight is not a day that we're just passing by. This is a night of miracles. So we pray, oh God, for restoration of marriages tonight. Lord, that those that came into this house thinking that it was over, that they leave this place with the assurance that you are the God who works miracles. Lord, we pray for singles tonight, oh Lord. Those that have the longing in their hearts, oh Lord, for that relationship that hasn't come. I pray, oh God, that they are reminded tonight that they are complete in you oh lord that you are the provider of all good and perfect things bless them tonight lord that on this day it is not a day for sorrow for single people lord but it is a day where we just get to accept your love oh lord that you loved us first lord we pray for engaged couples we thank you oh god in a season of of preparation oh lord as you prepare their bodies their souls their minds their spirit oh god bless them lord right now we pray for the heaviness of 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 preparing a wedding to be lifted oh lord and we declare over them that in this next season it is a season of joy lord prepare the way for them provide finances oh god surprise them every day surprise them oh lord and this wedding day we're already declaring will supersede their greatest expectations lord we thank you for your presence here tonight we thank you for Tullahoma campus oh god bless each and every couple there, bless each and every engaged person there, bless each and every single person there, oh Lord. We thank you, and we honor you, and we bless you tonight. Amen, amen, and amen. We love you, we love you, we love you.